how do partners like LearnZillion not do what publishers did in the past, which is basically say, here's the material, now you figure out how to use it, that's yeah. on you, not on us, but actually be a partner through the change management process. Right. I mean, there's a difference between adoptable curriculum and usable curriculum. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. Recently, Tom spoke with Eric Westendorf, a former principal and currently the CEO and co-founder of LearnZillion, the world's first open cloud-based curriculum. LearnZillion currently provides little more than one-third of today's U.S. teachers with teacher-developed and standard-aligned instructional materials. Here's more of Tom chatting with Eric about how far LearnZillion has come, the trends that they're seeing in districts today, and what he sees on the horizon of education. Hey, we're here with uh, Eric Westendorf from LearnZillion on the Getting Smart podcast. Eric, great to have you here. Yeah, great to be here, Tom. What's new at LearnZillion? You're five years in and, and back to school this week. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. In some ways, it's, it's been a blink of an eye, and in another, it feels like more than five years. Um, How many district partners do you have now? Well, gosh, we have uh, dozens of district partners, also interestingly, state partners. So we're doing some really exciting work with Louisiana, with New Mexico, and that's been really exciting to see that grow as well. We're also working with the state of Connecticut, which is exciting. And uh, in terms of teachers using the site, we now have one in three, in fact, slightly more than one in three teachers in the country who are registered users on LearnZillion. So That's amazing. Well, let's talk about exciting. that. So what do teachers, yeah. why do they use it? What do they find there? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in a way, this goes back to when we first started, we had this hypothesis that, you know, if you can provide high quality easy to use, easy to understand, in our, in our case, initially, instructional videos, that that's super helpful to teachers. Um, one, because it's, it's, they're flexible. Uh, they can be used in multiple ways. But also because they help teachers understand what the new standards look like. You know, they're highly visual. And also because they were developed by this dream team of teachers, they, have a, um, they really connect with what teachers need. And so I think we see lots of individual teachers registering for accounts so that they can access sort of hundreds of these um, instructional videos we've now expanded. So we have a lot of other material as well. So, and I'll say that's different, however. I think what has evolved for us is a better understanding of the district um, headaches. And so we're really focused now on being a being a solution for school districts um, and, and, and how we help school districts get everyone on the same page around high quality instruction. And that's something that, we, you know, we, it was only a, like, a glimmer of understanding when we first started. And now five years in, I think we feel like we uh, sort of really understand how to do that and how to support districts. So let, let's come back to districts, but let's talk about uh, teachers. So the yeah. dream team, that... And, and uh, your initial hypothesis on um, curriculum was part of that, that early vision. It, it turned out that Dream Team was a great professional experience for teachers, right? It's interesting. When we, when we first started, we thought, well, let's capture this expertise that these amazing teachers. I mean, I, so I was a principal at E.L. Haynes. So I was first really focused on the amazing teachers I had in my building. But uh, really quickly realized 
we didn't have a monopoly on great teachers. There are diamonds in the rough all, you know, all over the country. Right. So what, what do we, what, we bring these folks together and support them in sharing their expertise. Boy, that is going to be so valuable to other teachers. I mean, especially if you think about a new teacher coming in. So what was surprising, it, although it, it almost, um, it shouldn't have been all that surprising, but what was surprising is when we brought these teachers together, they had so much fun and found so much meaning in working on sharing their expertise together, in the actual craft of capturing their expertise in a, in a format that would let them share these powerful learning experiences with, with other educators. And, and I think uh, part of that was this idea that they could scale their impact, you know, that they could uh, suddenly have this impact beyond their own classroom, which I think was super exciting. Part of it was just collaborating around the thing they love. Yeah. You know, teachers choose really teaching because they just love the idea of creating powerful learning experiences for kids. But it was also the design challenge around the new standards, right? That and, That's right. and the fact that it was in a collaborative environment, but aimed at these new standards and then being tasked with designing a, a powerful lesson, it turns out that that was just a great professional learning experience, right? That's right. And so in many ways, we've sort of brought together two things that are often seen as distinct, which is materials and curriculum and, right. and professional development, and sort of brought those together through this process that really unlocks excitement and expertise from teachers and results in material that is practical, but also deeply thoughtful around the new standards. All right, we're going to start, we're going to move our way back to districts, but let's just reflect on what's happened in the last, really, five years. Um, at least 10 years ago, we were still in the school boards adopt textbooks. Textbooks are sort of the way we think about curriculum. They're a content management system. It's a, it's a sequential Teachers were increasingly supplementing it with with digital content and sort of fast forward today. What do you see in the in the schools and districts that you work in? What we're seeing is that is that districts really are becoming the new publishers. You know, I think as you described, ten years ago they really were were takers. You know, that that you look to one of the big publishers to uh, go through an adoption with, and then that's what you got. And I think that now there's this sense that, gosh, there's digital content that's available and there's this opportunity for us to put it together and make it meaningful for our community. Both when I think about, you know, when we think about our teachers and what their needs are, our students, what their needs are, and our families and what their needs are. And so how do we do that? Now, that can feel quite overwhelming, right? Um, because I think districts get very nervous about what we sometimes call this Pinterest problem, right. which is, well, but what if my teachers are all just going to Pinterest and plucking content that in many cases is not high quality, that's sort of more about tricks and sort of procedures than it is really about deeper learning? Right. And also, what if they do that and then none of it's coherent? So what's happening in one third grade class is not the same as another, and it's certainly not building towards fourth grade or fifth grade. And that's a real concern. You know, there's sort of this double-edged sword. Uh, on the one hand, there's this opportunity to really make curriculum your own and own it as a district. And I think that's incredibly exciting and liberating from the old model that we've been in. On the other hand, 
how do you ensure there's quality and coherence and, and that it's not becoming a, a grab bag? So a uh, small or medium-sized district chief academic officer comes to you and asks your advice on what they should do with their curriculum. What, what's your solution? Our focus is on, look, we can provide standards-aligned digital curricula and also a curriculum manager that, that helps you improve classrooms instruction across the district. And I think so often when you're that CAO or you're an instructional lead in your district, boy, you're several degrees of separation from what's going on in classrooms. And you care so much about what's happening in there and you want to influence it, but often you just feel like you're completely stuck in terms of having an influence. Um, you know, I think typically you'd try to lead a PD here and there and hope that some of the ideas you shared would stick or you'd maybe create a binder of, of material and send it out and hope that folks used it. And so I, I think there's really now, and, and this is what LearnZillion's focused on, an opportunity to help those district leaders really get people rowing in the same direction by providing high-quality digital material that, that teachers can actually use and that can also be customized to meet the specific needs of, of the district. And I'll, I'll give you one example, Tom, of, of something that's been really interesting. Because when we think about building, uh, being able to mix and match curricula, we often think of, well, the metaphor that often comes to mind for me is Lego blocks. Like, okay, we got all these Legos, now I have the power to put these Legos together. But I think there's also another analogy that we at LearnZillion sometimes call the, the bonsai tree, where it's also, is it possible for me to take a, a full bonsai tree and then prune it uh, the way I want to prune it? And so as an example, we're working with one district and they said, look, we have this OER curricula. We like it. We use it. But we, we have this problem. There's too much stuff in it. Uh, in, in a sense, there was an incentive for the publisher to put a lot of stuff in there so that it could be adoptable. Well, now that we've adopted it, so to speak, we have a change management issue, which is that there's 20 choice points for every single lesson. And most of the time, I, I'm worried that teachers are shoot, making the wrong choices. I really want to focus on these two initiatives. And I want to get everyone focused on those so that we can talk the same language and, and really, in this case, focus on text reading uh, text closely and analyzing close text closely. So if you can help me prune the bonsai tree to focus on those two things, then we can have material that bakes in, in essence, our professional development initiatives, like our change management initiative, so that everyone's default on the material side is what our initiatives are. And I just think that's fascinating, that that sort of gives district leaders the power to be super thoughtful about how they want to focus folks and use this pruning and curating to, to help with the change management challenge that they face. You're listening to Eric Westendorf on the Getting Smart podcast. Uh, for more on curriculum and assessment, check out our recent episode on the Solution Tree Assessment Center where they talk about assessment to create hope, efficacy, and achievement uh, Eric, what's your view on assessment? How does that fit in uh, for your uh, district and state partnerships? I think assessment is critical, but I think often in a different way than, than 
uh, usually the word assessment brings up for us. You know, when I was a uh, principal, um, when we talked about assessments, we talked about interim assessments, and those were something we did every six to eight weeks, and we had a process for really pouring over these spreadsheets of data and, and then figuring out what our, what our action plans would be for the next six to eight weeks. You know, I, six to eight weeks just, uh, I, you know, it was frustrating then. It's even sort of more frustrating now. I think the, when you look at great instruction and, and what really um, expert teachers do, so much of it is formative assessment that's happening inside the classroom real time. And so much of it comes from lessons that have set up, been set up so that teachers are getting, having students productively struggle with a concept and then strategically are looking at the ways they're productively struggling with it, whether it's sort of peeking over their shoulders or it's using technology to make that transparent or it's listening into conversations. And then they're adjusting uh, based on that and they're coordinate, uh, they're, they're orchestrating conversations with, with students that reveal different approaches and in essence get students talking and debating even more about the key concept they want them to learn. So when, I, when we think about assessment at LearnZillion, it's really that formative assessment. How do we make it, right now, you, you almost have to be like a superhuman teacher to pull that off day in and day out. Right. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't take superhuman efforts. It should be something that is baked into the material and the technology and the tools so that it's the default, that it's, it's, it's sort of, yeah, of course, you're going to see where, how students are grappling and have guidance um, and ideas about what you're going to do when you see that grappling so that you can connect dots for students and, and, and uh, help maintain that productive struggle that's so important to learning. Eric, do you see a collaboration across uh, Learn Zillion teachers and Learn Zillion districts? We do. You know, it's been pretty exciting to start to um, take some of the lessons learned from our dream team and figure out how to apply them to states we work with and districts we work with. And I'll give you one example. You know, when we started with the Dream Team, we, we had them come together for an in-person event. And then we stayed in touch with them through email as they continued to work on, on crafting the learning experience that was going to be shared. And in the beginning, that was all sort of instructional videos, and, that, and that's now evolved. But over time, we started to use more and more technology to maintain that collaboration and maintain those relationships and really just got smarter and smarter about how do you use the in-person as really a catalyst where that in-person creates the relationships and sets the stage and sort of helps everyone understand what the path is going to be. And then, importantly, when they all go back to their individual schools and districts, maintain through virtual collaboration those PLCs, those professional learning communities, where people can continue to meaningfully collaborate with one another, share examples of student work, analyze that student work, talk about different roadblocks they're facing, talk about bright spots that they're seeing, and, and, and encourage, you know, the, the teaching can be such an isolating profession. And, and to be able to make it easier and easier for these PLCs to exist uh, virtually and to use technology to make that possible, I, I just think opens up a lot of really exciting opportunities when you think about districts trying to build energy around material that's high quality. And, and instead of that, the experience being paralyzing for teachers on their own to try to parse high quality material, 
instead to make that material, one, easier to use, but two, build community around it where people are constantly collaborating around it and thinking about how um, it meets the needs of their students. We are living in this interesting time where in some respects things have gotten more complicated, uh, but if you squint hard and think about maybe two years from now, three years from now, um, we should be able to make things better and easier for both teachers and kids. Do you see that? Are you optimistic about where things are headed? I, I am optimistic, um, but I think, uh, to your point, right now, it can feel overwhelming and, and super messy. Right. In, in mean, some cases, it, it was a lot simpler when it, there was only it, paper. Totally. I, and the frustrating, I know it's frustrating for some CAOs, I've written about this, that we we just got finished teaching them how to create aligned instructional systems, pacing guides and common lesson plans and benchmark assessments and you know, the sit and get PD and they had just gotten all that put together and now we're into personalized learning and we're in some districts sort of making this stuff up as we, as we go. And so while it's promising, it's, it's a bit messy, but yeah, I am optimistic that, that we can create really coherent, high support environments for both teachers and kids. No, I am too. I, you know, I think it's interesting because you also have entrepreneurial districts who throw themselves into, okay, we're going to be the new publisher. Let's start putting together material. And then suddenly they're like, oh, this, this stuff is, is hard. <laughs> really hard. Like right. we can find material and we can sort of vet whether it's high quality, but then this coherence thing is a yeah. whole nother thing. It is. And you know, what you don't, uh, needless to say, want to have happened is that then suddenly you lose steam on it or sort of lose hope. Yeah. And I think it sometimes can feel that way. And I, you know, I think for us at LearnZillion, what we're really focused on is how do we think about uh, districts need help and in doing that work thoughtfully. There's no way that each individual district is going to sort of magically figure it out on their own. And so how do partners like LearnZillion not do what publishers did in the past, which is basically say, here's the material. Now you figure out how to use it. That's yeah. on you, not on us, but actually be a, a partner through the change management process. I right. mean, there's a difference between adoptable curriculum and usable curriculum. And how, um, you know, how can LearnZillion just get better and better at helping districts navigate this very messy period of time, be thoughtful about what they're picking so that it is high quality, um, understand that it's module and take advantage of that, but do it in a way that doesn't overstress the system and right. that br- bright spots teachers who are ready for it while providing a floor for all teachers of high quality material that has good practice baked into it. And so I think that's, I think, I, I think your point about squinting into the, I am very optimistic that we're going to get there and hopeful that districts can learn from one another through partners like LearnZillion so that they're able to bright spot the success of different districts. And as a result, a sort of a new, clear path forward emerges on, on how you do this work thoughtfully. Eric, speaking of navigating a messy period of time, you're a young EdTech CEO. You're five years into this. How's it going for you? Tom, I, I, I love it. I love it. And, and I'll say that there's a number of things that I love about it. We have an amazing team at LearnZillion. You know, it started with me and, and my co-founder, Alex, uh, just the two of us in a little room right near the principal's office where I'd been principal and CAO the year before. 
And um, now we've grown and, and, and we've got 45 um, folks and just an amazing team, really. And, and uh, it's been interesting now being five and reflecting on like, how did we get such an amazing team of folks together? And I look back on the early days and, and Alex and I spent a lot of time really thinking about what our core values were and how we were going to hire against those. And, and there were times I thought, Tom, you know, are we spending too much time on really defining our, our values um, or is this going to pay off? And now I look back and I'm like, wow, it was, that was the right, the right place to spend our time because we have um, just an incredibly talented collaborative team um, where folks really like like and respect one another. And um, that's so important because we're a learning organization. And when I think about all the things we've been learning about how to serve districts and how to serve states and how to champion teachers, we've ha- we're, we're continuing to learn a lot. And I don't think you can manage the speed of learning without having a team that sort of has the right the right DNA to do that. And, and I feel just very blessed to work with people who I, uh, who have that DNA and are just so growth mindset oriented and so focused on championing teachers and serving our customers and districts. Um, but you guys have been learning at speed about technology. Just think how much that's changed in five years. You've it, been learning yeah. about business models. The policy context is almost 180 from where it was five years ago. So you're, you're learning at speed and now at scale on many dimensions, right? That's right. I mean, when we started, Tom, really, we, we didn't even have a business model, right? It was sort of like, hey, this is going to be valuable. Let's get this out there for teachers and, and sort of we'll figure it out as we go. And so now to be in a place where, where it's like, oh, it's, it's become more clear sort of what the headache problem the districts face in terms of dealing with this Wild West situation, this Pinterest problem, and how do I get everyone rowing in the same direction, and how tools like LearnZillion can play a really important role in terms of helping to manage your digital curriculum and ensure that it's high quality, ensure that it's coherent, and ensure that it's usable by, by, by teachers. And so that's, it's really been exciting uh, to see it evolve. Eric, it's been great to have you on the Getting Smart podcast. It's been, I really enjoyed it, Tom. Thank you. Thanks to Eric Westendorf for speaking with us today and for the great work he, his staff, and the LearnZillion Dream Team teachers are doing to improve classroom instruction. And as always, thanks to our producer, Troy Lund, for making us sound so good. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe and rate us. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog on gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Megan and Kat signing off.